0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is The Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC.
1: Lovely Rita.
2: Well, as I suspected, everybody, the issue of mandates is before the U.S. Supreme Court. And tonight we have an awesome show here on the Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night. Uh, we're going to have on in about a half an hour Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman, who's only been in office just a few days and already he is taking on Governor Kathy Hochul. Uh, basically going up against her mask mandate. He is also going up against no cash bail. Some of these policies that we've heard from a number of these very progressive DAs across the country, including, by the way, New York City, Alvin Bragg, who came out, remember, with his list of offenses that shouldn't be prosecuted. Well, Bruce Blakeman says that Governor Hochul should take this on and should reverse this and he's also hoping that other people will speak out but in just a matter of days he's already making a big impact and a lot of headlines he is trying to be a law and order nassau county executive that's what he ran on and refreshing to see that he is doing what he said. He's going to be joining us on the show in just about half an hour. And also today, by the way, very sad passing of truly a trailblazer and icon, Sidney Poitier. Really, first black movie star, if you will. First African-American to get the Best ask, uh, best Actor Oscar uh, and just think about all the great films and just what an incredible human being people are just outpouring of love and support and just thoughts and prayers for him and his family with his passing today, as we learn 94 years old. And we are going to have on the great Dick Cavett, legendary talk show host who has interviewed everybody from Marlon Brando, Catherine Hepburn, the Who's Who, and he has also interviewed Sidney Poitier a number of times, and he's going to be joining us in the 11 o'clock hour to talk about his personal reflections and memories of the great actor and great trailblazer. It's going to be neat to have another legend on with us, Dick Cavett, here on the Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, today, all eyes are on the U.S. Supreme Court because finally the mandates are making it to the highest court in the land. I always thought it was going to end up there at some point. And if you listen to the justices, they had a whole bunch of different opinions. Some were saying, you know what, listen, we need to do this because of what's happening there was an exaggeration by Sonia Sotomayor and we're going to get to that in a moment a big exaggeration but then also we heard from like Justice Roberts and others who were basically saying you know what this maybe shouldn't be done unilaterally by the Biden administration, by the executive branch. This should be something that goes to Congress or the states. I mean, it was a really interesting case. And really, so much is on the line. And one of the things that they were looking at is this mandate for workers of companies that have a, basically a 100 or more employees. And get this. This is not a small amount, guys. We are talking about it's about a 100 million Americans are affected by these decisions. So this is a staggering amount. And I think it's important that the Biden administration and others who are imposing these really are reviewed and taken to task. I've always said, you know what? I got vaccinated. I received two vaccinations, but I've always felt that these mandates were over the top, that they were heavy handed, that they are out of line. And I just feel like they are un-American. And I think it is outrageous that many people are being fired. I mean, the Mayo Clinic, a great example, they fired 700 people in healthcare. Is this the time right now with the Omicron everywhere? You know, so many people, you know, that are vaccinated and boosted and unvaccinated. A variety of people have the Omicron variant or the Delta variant. Most of them, thank goodness, the Omicron was just less severe but it's so pervasive right now. And then we have healthcare companies like that and others that are firing people because they're not upholding the vax mandate. I mean, this is really frightening. And I think we're heading to a very dangerous place in America. And Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, who was one of the parties who was going before the Supreme Court, it's him and it's a number of other states that are also bandying together, going up against the highest court. Well, this is what he had to say that is on the line. He said it's not just about vaccines or no vaccines, wherever you fall on this. He says it is about individual rights and civil Liberties, And it's a matter of principle because he feels, by the way, if these get approved, it's going to be a slippery slope because what's going to happen is then there may be approval for other executive orders. It was really interesting because earlier tonight I was listening to Eric Schmidt, who is from Missouri, and he was essentially saying if this gets approved, then there could be others like climate change, maybe some other things go through on, quote, executive order which is what happened in this case with the Biden administration. He just kind of unilaterally decided this. And it's like, okay, we're all supposed to obey and vax up and mask up and do all these things. And yet he believes if this gets approved, then maybe it gives them a green light to go for climate change for the same thing. Uh, Maybe a lot of other things that maybe a number of us don't agree with. Does it open the floodgates to a whole slew of executive orders that maybe are really over the top and controlling? Maybe it's okay. Here's what's going to happen in the next election. Maybe it's the voting rights bill. I mean, there are so many things. So this is what Jeff Landry says is on the line. And I want to get your take on it, because I do agree it would send a huge, enormous signal to this administration if these get shot down, if they say it is so far over the top. Here's Jeff Landry, the Louisiana attorney general.
3: Can the federal government force you into a medical procedure? And that's what's at stake, because if that is the case, then we are no longer sovereign individuals. We are basically serfs of the federal government. Uh, I think that we then end on a very, very slippery slope.
2: And he also said that the president just isn't listening to the American public whatsoever, because if you look at a lot of the polls, a lot of people, even those that are vaccinated, feel really strongly against the idea of a mandate and i've said this before on the show i hate the idea of these folks who are heroes like the healthcare workers like the doctors uh like obviously cops and other folks i hate the idea of them going from heroes to kind of zeros the way that they were just kind of cast aside when suddenly the mandates and all of these issues came up. You know, they were obviously the ones that we were doing the the cheers for. And I think I when I walk by a cop or a doctor, I'm like, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing right now. And when I walk by a grocery clerk, I go, thank you. I mean, all these folks kept the country going and they're still keeping the country going. But guess what? Suddenly when these vax mandates and mass mandates come down, and especially the vax ones, it was like, OK, see ya. No longer are you going to be able to to work at your company or at the doctor's office or wherever it is. And I hate that. I think it is so over the top. It's disgusting. And it's not American. And here is what Jeff Landry has to say about President Biden. Imagine him not really being aware of what the rest of the American public feels. This is a
3: executive that is completely out of sync with the Constitution
2: and the democracy of this, this country. And today at the White House, they came out and essentially said to the president, you know what, there are reports and there's a series of reports from former Obama administration folks and former advisors to the administration. A number of them have been doing interviews, coming out and essentially saying that there needs to be a different policy from this administration. It can't be a my way or the highway approach, that you need to start looking at, other areas. You need to start thinking about other options. You need to think about, okay, what are some of the other things that we can be doing? Should we be looking at, you know, people who got COVID and now have high antibodies? Um, should we be looking at a softer approach as opposed to shaming the unvaxxed? And I think all of these things should be included. I think they've been outrageous because they've been so sort of unilateral and heavy-handed, and this whole public shaming, I think, has been preposterous. I think it is out. And listen today at this Q&A exchange. This is between a reporter and President Biden. And he just fumbled and bumbled all over the place. It was like, okay, is what we're dealing with now basically the new normal? That's what some former advisors are saying. You need to just let people know you're not going to be the guy who's going to cure COVID. It's going to take a while. You need to be honest with them. But you also need to be nice to people. You can't be shaming them. And listen to this exchange where he's just all over the place and I think just confuses the situation even more.
4: COVID is here to stay.
3: Uh, No, I don't think COVID is here to stay. That Having COVID in the environment here and in the world is probably here to stay. But COVID, as we're dealing with it now, is not here to stay. The new normal doesn't have to be. We have so many more tools we're developing and continue to develop. That can contain COVID and other strains of COVID. So I don't believe this is that, if you take a look, we're very different today than we were a year ago, even though we still have problems. But 90% of the schools are open now. was 98, is down to 90, but is open now because we spent the time and the money in the Recovery Act to provide for the ability of schools to remain open. And, uh, you know, what we're doing now is we talked about Uh, You know, how we're uh, dealing with uh, with testing. Well, you know, we have been doing now we've had 300 million tests per month so far. And uh, that's 11 million tests a day. In addition to that, we are in the process of ordering 500,000 new tests. And so we're going to be able to control this. The new normal is not going to be what it is now. It's going to be better.
2: Did that make any sense to you? The new normal is not like this. It's not here. Uh, This lack of clarity and just confusion is so all over the place. What is your reaction to hearing the president of the United States at a really difficult time in America who can't even answer a basic question on COVID? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. I mean, they're like all over the place, and he doesn't even seem to be able to give a coherent thought when it comes to this. And this is a big issue now. As I mentioned, it was before the Supreme Court. They heard oral arguments today. Here's a little glimpse. First off, this is Justice Elena Kagan, who made a pretty bold statement about why maybe the government should be overreaching at this time.
1: More and more people are dying every day. More and more people are getting sick every day. I don't mean to be dramatic here. I'm just sort of stating facts. And this is the policy that is um, most geared to stopping all this. No other policy will prevent sickness and death to
2: anywhere
1: uh, like the degree this one will.
2: So now, Justice Kagan is now Dr. Kagan, saying basically that, okay, these mandates have to be in place because it's the only way to stop coronavirus. Yet everybody... How many people do you know that are vaccinated, that have been wearing a mask, many of them even boosted, that have the Omicron variant? I mean, is is it really the only way to stop it and to tell people and to shame them basically that these mandates have to take in place where now a hundred million people would be affected? These are the ones that have companies, work for companies that are a hundred or more employees, also healthcare workers. I mean, it's a huge amount of American people. That's an enormous swath. And she is basically saying this is the only way that we can stop Omicron is by imposing these mandates that many people. And we're going to talk about it a little later on the show, beg to differ because, boy, is it pervasive? It's contagious. And yes, people with the vaccine and with the booster and wearing masks and being diligent are still getting it. So how do you reconcile that with making this overreaching, arching and very, very, you know, pervasive on so many levels, mandates, do they make any sense? And is this fair? Where do you think the Supreme Court's going to go? Well, here's a little bit from Justice Sotomayor, because you have to take a listen. Remember, New York's own Sonia Sotomayor from Harlem. And this is what she had to say that is raising a lot of eyebrows. Take a listen to what she said today. Um, we have hospitals that are almost at full
1: capacity with people is severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators.
2: Whoa, 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 wait. I want to play that again because that is the most outrageous statement to say that you have 100,000 kids in serious conditions, many on ventilators. That is absolutely false. First of all, the CDC just came out with its own recommendation, basically talking about kids and what they basically said before. It was one in five million for a particular age group. Now it's zero in five million uh, that they just came out. This is CDC. And for her to say that 100,000 kids are in serious condition, that is so far off the mark. And the fact that they are on ventilators, some of them, where are the reports of that? I'd love to see, is that happening in Zimbabwe? Because it's not happening in America, Justice Sotomayor. Take a listen again. This is exactly what she said, to have a Supreme Court justice so ignorant is stunning.
1: Um, We have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before,
2: in in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Many on ventilators. That is absolutely false. There's not 100,000 kids in serious condition. There's not a whole bunch of them on ventilators. That is absolutely false and wrong. And how frightening that you have a Supreme Court justice actually saying that. What are your thoughts about the fact that one of the top justices in the country on the highest court of the land is saying something that is so blatantly false and so blatantly wrong. And then you also have Justice Kagan, who's saying that this is the only way to stop the spread is to put these vaccine mandates in place. What is your reaction to them? Well, there was Justice Roberts, who added a little bit of balance to the court. Take a listen to him.
5: It sounds like the sort of thing that states will be responding to or should be, and that Congress should be responding to or should be. Rather than agency by agency, um, uh, the federal government, the executive branch acting alone is responding to. And we're supposed to say, well, yes, this is a CMS problem. Yes, this is an OSHA problem. Yes, this is um, a federal contractor problem. Uh, The military is on its own. They take orders. Um, But... um, uh, I just, again, I guess I'm just repeating myself. It seems to me that we should be looking at it as an across-the-board issue uh, as opposed to let's see what OSHA looks like. Let's see what CMS looks like.
2: Yeah. Pretty interesting, basically saying, you know, don't just follow those agencies and using it for like emergency reason, because then you could open the door, as Jeff Landry of Louisiana said, you know, you could say, okay, well, here's another emergency issue. Climate change. Here's another emergency issue. Uh, Their version of voting rights um, to what? Not require IDs. Uh, That's an emergency. You can find a lot of reasons to say something is, quote, an emergency And he feels it opens a very dangerous, slippery slope. And again, then we've got Justice Sotomayor saying that there is 100,000 kids in serious condition. That is absolutely wrong. You've got Elena Kagan saying the only way is a mandate to get out of this. What do you think? of two of the justices that are on the highest court in the land, and particularly the fact that one of them is just completely ignorant, which is really, really scary. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Let's go to Michael in Cliffside Park, New Jersey. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, first of
6: all, these liberal judges are always going to take the side of the liberals. They're a the lost cause. Forget about them. You have to definitely make sure that the judges who were appointed by by Republicans understand that what that moron said was a total lie. And the way you do that is you go to which which moron
2: are you referring to? Uh, the the mayor, Sotomayor? Yep, yeah, because it was outrageous. I mean, the fact that it's so wrong is scary, yeah, Michael. What they
6: have to do is go to 15 of the biggest hospitals in the biggest cities and say, we would like to know right now how many children are in the hospital for this virus, how many of them are on ventilators, and then sh- show the results to the Supreme Court. Because as far as we know, only one child, one, died from this new variant of, of the virus. One, it's basically
2: like a uh, just a bad cold, right? It's and luck. Mad. And by the way, luckily, kids, you're right, are the ones who are you know doing Do it. the it's best, it. right? Right? They're they're you know, I'm right. A Liar to the other
6: judges that have brains in their head and not skunk manure like that. Soda mayor has. Because she's a total moron and an imbecile. And the other judges will go
2: along with them instead of listening to that idiot. Well, that's why it needs to be quickly corrected and say, excuse me, Uh, high court justice, get it right.
6: No proof on paper you say we went to the 15 biggest hospitals in the biggest cities and this is the results which proves that she is an ignorant moron who's a liar yeah
2: scary and and you know what it, it, and Michael thank you for the call but it also shows just the unbelievable misinformation that you're right I mean she First of all, clearly can be proven wrong and that wouldn't take too long. But the other thing is how frightening that this is someone who is deciding something as pivotal that would be affecting a hundred million Americans. I mean, this is an enormous issue and she has her facts so far off on such a major issue. It is absolutely frightening. I mean, to me, it's, it's ignorant. It's scary. And it's a big concern that these are the people who are deciding the fate of what, a third of American population, and they can't even get that right? You know, I mean, that that is absolutely downright frightening. We're going to continue. What are your thoughts about Sonia Sotomayor saying a 100,000 kids are in serious condition uh, right now in hospitals, including some on ventilators? That is shocking. It also shows that these liberal justices are just, I don't know, what are they listening to Joy Reid on MSNBC? 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on the great 77 WABC.
0: Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. Well, it's a one for the money, two for the
2: show. But Rita, get ready now. Go, can't go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. And by the (laughs) way, it is Elvis' birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday to Elvis. Boy, what a legacy that guy left behind. He would have been 87 years old. By the way, I went to Graceland a couple years ago. I had such a ball. It is so cool to go see all, you know, where he lived and all, that whole deal is just very, very neat. Um, by the way, later on, also by in about an hour from now, um, we're going to also uh, pay tribute to another legend um, who sadly passed away. We got word today of Sidney Portier, the great, great actor and trailblazer. And we have on another legend talking about it, Dick Cavett. Who will be on uh, in about an hour from now to give us his reflections because he spent a lot of time and interviewed Portier many times and I can't wait to see. Dick always has some really funny and great stories so I can't wait to hear his thoughts about all of that. Meantime, we are talking about the Supreme Court case that is going before the Supreme Court. They had oral arguments today in two separate cases. One of them was essentially affecting 100 or more people that are employed at different companies around the country, private employers And then also another one was about healthcare workers. And both of them are mandates about vaccines. One is solely you must get vaccinated. One was you have to either get tested or vaccinated, um, also with a mask mandate included. So there's all these different layers to it, but it's all about mandates. And Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, who was one of the parties, had this to say about how important this case is about individual rights.
3: It's going to chart the course of what kind of government and what kind of America we're going to wake up to, whether or not the federal government can intrude upon the lives of American citizens and force them uh, into medical procedures against their will.
2: Wow. Very important. And by the way, in just about five minutes, we're going to have on Nassau County Executive, brand new, who's only been on the job for a few days, Bruce Blakeman, who is taking on the mask mandates issued by Governor Hochul in New York State. He's also going after those folks who want to push for no cash bail. And he is taking that on and being a law and order Nassau County executive. And he's going to be coming up in just about five minutes here on the show. Looking forward to having Bruce Blakeman here on the show. Meantime, let's go to your calls. one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. 848 9222
7: Norman in Brooklyn. Norm, go ahead. Hi, Rita. Uh, I look forward to hearing Mr. Blakeman tonight. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, we got to oppose these mandates. And... And Sotomayor, it's just incredible. Yeah, can you believe we have a
2: Supreme Court justice who actually said 100,000 kids are in the hospital in serious condition and many of them are on ventilators? I'm like, uh, what movie are you watching? You know, because it's not reality.
7: Yeah, she watches MSNBC and CNN. And anyway, Rita, the reason why I'm calling you is this month, Sunday, January 23rd, the National Freedom Rally. At the National Mall in Washington, D.C., we'll be having a massive rally to end these mandates. And uh, hopefully it'll go a little better than what happened last year on January 6th. (laughs) But anyway. um, Let's hope so. Let's hope it's a lot calmer, right? I'm sorry. I
2: said, let's hope it's a lot calmer for sure.
7: Yeah, it, it will be. I mean, you know, it's, this shouldn't be too much politicking. Well, if there's po- all this stuff is politicking the stuff with the mandates. So
2: well, that's but, why that's uh, going to be interesting to see. And how many people are you expecting out for that one, Norman? Oh, man. Well, we were at well, the one we had
7: in Albany. We had on Monday, we had uh, 2000 at the state house. Uh, I, I I mean, I think I, Many, many thousands, I expect, because it's a national rally. Yeah, and at the National Mall. On 1130 a.m. in Washington.
2: Well, I have a feeling a lot of folks who are listening are going to come on out. Norman, thank you very much, and you keep up the good fight. Thank you very, very much, and uh, I'm sure we'll be getting updates on that. And everybody, when we come back, we have one of my favorite segments, Back the Blue, where we honor the great men and women in blue, and also... We will hear from Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman, who is taking on mask mandates and also no cash bail. That, after the break.
0: Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a New York police officer who was honored for saving an elderly woman from a burning home is now receiving praise for pulling a trapped dog out of a frozen lake. Officer John Smith of the Lewiston Police Department, which is just north of Niagara Falls, was seen on body cam footage running out onto Bond Lake this week after a dog had fallen through the ice and was trapped in the water about 50 yards from the shore. Now, the Lewiston Police Department said, quote, Well, folks, he has done it again. After just receiving a department award for pulling a woman from a burning house, this time it was a four-legged friend. Without hesitation, he removed his equipment and went in after him, bringing him out to safety, back to land, and reuniting him with His owner. Bravo to Officer Smith. And I'm glad his new four legged friend is also doing well as well. Well, we are talking about one of the issues because police officers have been called out, remember, in New York City and restaurants and places to enforce some of these vaccine mandates and also some of these mask mandates. And many people, including those who went before the Supreme Court, said it is overreaching, overbearing. I agree. I just feel like it's un-American. And I feel like the way that this has come down, it's sort of this my way or the highway approach, telling people that are not vaccinated, basically shaming them and saying, oh, you can't come to a restaurant. You can't do this. You can't do that. Meanwhile, we have seen so many cases where people have been getting the virus, sadly, whether they're vaccinated or not. And today... Kamala Harris was asked on PBS, what are her thoughts about sort of the state of the COVID variant? And what does she think things are happening? She was sort of all over the place and basically sound resigned to what's going on. Take a listen. There has been
8: great progress, no doubt. You know, COVID, for example. I mean, we're all, you know, everybody is frustrated with that. And I understand and I fully appreciate there is a level of, of malaise. We're in two years into this thing. You know, people are, we wanna get back to normal. We all do, Uh, but we have to, to then do the tough and hard work of pushing through with solutions, understanding that there are going to be challenges, but let's meet the challenges where they are. And let's also take a moment to see the progress we've achieved.
2: And joining us now to talk about this on the Rita Cosby Show, is newly elected Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. County Executive, great to have you here. Thank you so much, Rita. It's a pleasure. First of all, how are you guys holding up uh, with the first big
4: uh, snowstorm since you took office? Things are going really well. All the roads are clear. Uh, Our county men and women in DPW did a great job. They uh, operated 81 trucks that plowed and salted. And uh, they probably covered over 4,000 lane miles of highway in less than 12 hours. So I'm very proud of them, and things are great. But the temperatures are dropping, and I'm asking people to be very cautious. We will be out salting for the next, you know, probably 24 hours. But it would be helpful if everybody was very cautious in going out until Sunday morning because uh, there is a chance that there's ice that you cannot
2: see, and uh, we certainly don't want anybody to get hurt. Absolutely. Good advice. Um, and by the way, you are wasting no time in office, and I remember chatting with you before you got elected. You said, here are my plans, and you are wasting no time. You've only been there about a week, and you're already taking on the governor's statewide mask mandates. Tell us about the importance of this, and I say bravo. Well, thank you so much, Rita. So, basically, um, I've been listening to the residents
4: uh, of our great county. And the vast majority of them want to get back to normal. Um, They've got mask fatigue. They're tired of regulations that bear no relation to fighting the pandemic. And we're doing material things here in Nassau County. We are opening... Test sites where we're going to give out this weekend 160,000 tests free of charge to our residents. We're, we are opening a vaccination pod where we're going to give free vaccinations. And I've given KN95 masks to any school teacher in any public or private school that wants one. Those are material things that we're doing. But this mask mandate is basically giving everybody a false sense of security. And they've had enough. Business owners are tired of being the mask police. And parents are tired of their children going to school all day, having to wear a mask. It's interfering with their, with their child development. And there's real psychological issues from them wearing it. So I think we have to bear in mind the collateral damage when, when we make mandates like this from, you know, an autocracy of the state. And, you know, the governor and I, we disagree on this, but if she took into account the fact that in Nassau County, we have some of the finest health care networks in the world. We have Mount Sinai, NYU Langone, Newman, the Winthrop Catholic Hospitals. These are first-rate hospitals, and they are doing such a great job. And the, the fact of the matter is that. That kind of network doesn't exist in most of the state. So don't paint us with a broad brush. Uh, I know the governor's from Buffalo. That's closer to Toronto than it is to Nassau County. We have the uh, hospital capacity. We have the ICU units available. And we have other health care networks available. So we're in good shape here, and we want to get back to normal, and we want our children to have a childhood.
2: You also signed an order, County Executive, um, giving public schools options to opt out. Explain that, and what's been the reaction in your community? Well, the
4: reaction has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, people are very happy about that. Uh, basically, what I said is that it's going to be up to the local school boards to determine what their mask policy is. We have elected school board members. Uh, They are the ones who should be making decisions for what's going on in the schools. And what I find very interesting is we've had this mask mandate for now probably over 45 days, and the rates of infection keep getting higher and higher. So basically, uh, that's not working. What is working is a coordinated effort to get vaccinations to people who want them to make uh, KN95 masks available for teachers, and more importantly, to provide tests so that people can find out if they have the virus. And if they do, they know that they have to take appropriate health care measures and they have to do things to keep them isolated from the general population. People know what to do. We can't abandon our constitutional rights. So people have the right to make their own health care choices. That should be between a patient and a physician.
2: And it should not be mandated from Albany. You know, uh, of course, Supreme Court case today, um, a number of cases that went exactly about mandates. And yet President Biden, when he was asked about it, Bruce Blakeman, was sort of all over the place saying, yeah, we have to live with COVID, but not really like this living with COVID. Um, He's kind of fumbling. It's more confusing than ever. Do you feel that way, too, that the federal government is just sending so many mixed messages? It's confusing people. Well, I'll tell you something.
4: They've made more U-turns than you can possibly imagine in the last two years. Uh, we remember when Dr. Fauci said that masks uh, have no material effect on transmission of the virus or protecting you from getting the virus, and then they did a U-turn on that. It, it seems like they're making it up as they go along in some cases. There are a lot of things that I agree upon which they're doing, but it seems to me that right now, We're two years into the pandemic, and you know what? We need to get back to normal, and we got to learn to live with this virus. And right now, this variant that is highly infectious is also not as dangerous. There aren't people that are filling up hospitals. People are not dying, and we are learning to live with it. But let's get back to normal. Let's get our economy going. Let's make people feel good about themselves. And let's be a little more concerned about the collateral damage, the psychological effects, the substance abuse, the isolation, the depression, that really is is one of the byproducts of not only the virus, but some of the things we're doing, which I think are, are,
2: are counterproductive. And speaking of counterproductive, I have to ask you uh, about crime. I'm so happy to hear that this week, and I know basically in your inaugural address, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman, you said, Criminals seem to have more rights than victims. Um, You are literally trying to go after um, and to eliminate, um, you know, basically no-cash bail, which is just outrageous. And we saw so much, of course, this week when we saw the plan from the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, that took certain crimes off from prosecution. It just was shocking. Um, How important is this, and do you think you can somehow turn this around and get New York safer?
4: Well, I think we can, and it starts with repealing the Bail Reform Act, which is not bail reform. It's a get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, when I talk to law enforcement professionals, they're concerned that they're, they're being handcuffed, pun intended, and not able to perform their duties. And when you have uh, people that constantly commit one crime after another, and they get out just because of this Bail Reform Act, which is, I think, unconstitutional. I think it's a violation of the separation of powers, uh, both in the state constitution and the United States constitution. The determination as to whether bail should be set is done by a case-by-case basis by judges. That's the province of the judiciary. They know that they can look at a person's record and see whether or not they're a flight risk or a potential harm to society. With the Bail Reform Act, There is no such discretion that our judges have. And I think that basically uh, it's wrong. We should have separation of powers. Uh, Our constitutional drafters were geniuses in in setting up our government that way. And uh, I I just think Albany is so wrongheaded on this. And, you know, I'm very encouraged by our New York City Mayor, Eric Adams, who, you know, he he's in control of New York City, which is just to the west of Nassau County. And I'm already seeing a, a, a different vibe. I think people want to have law enforcement. I think he's going to be much better than Mayor de Blasio. And, and it makes me feel good because being on the border of New York City, there's a lot of crossover crime. And if they get a little tougher in New York City, I think it'll be better for the whole region.
2: Absolutely. And you're right. He is talking tough. The problem is he's got Alvin Bragg now, who is, you know, sort of to the left of Mayor de Blasio, it seems philosophically. You know, it's funny, Bruce Blakeman, I have a a friend of mine who who made a kind of a crazy statement. But it was interesting saying, why are we paying taxes in New York uh, when the primary responsibility is safety? And when they see the writing on the wall from people like Alvin Bragg and and no cash bail, uh, what do you say? What can citizens do? Well, they have to voice their opinions more loudly.
4: Uh, Don't sit back in your armchair and criticize. Get up, write your local official, write the district attorney. Tell the district attorney that you're unhappy with that policy. Because the only thing that politicians react to is public opinion. And if the public opinion is strong and loud and clear, that they're not going to take this anymore, that enough is enough. And also our business leaders need to get more active. They've been very, very timid throughout this whole situation. The business leaders in New York City have to stand up and say to the district attorney and to the politicians of New York City, hey, we invested a lot of money in this city, and we don't want to see our businesses go down the drain by losing tourism, by losing shoppers, by losing people who would frequent our businesses.
2: So it's it's everybody's responsibility to get involved. Absolutely. And as you talk out, there's spillover. I mean, it's not just New York City. It sends a message to people to say, maybe I don't want to visit New York as a whole. Maybe I'm concerned about, you know, uh, crime. I'm concerned about um, also, you know, housing. I mean, people are going to, people who's going to want to move in. You know, I mean, there's so many different different levels to this. Is there anything Kathy Hochul, is there a message you would have for Kathy Hochul, the governor, that she could maybe put pressure on some of these folks? Uh, and also to turn, as we're talking about, you know, the no cash bail overall in the state, but also put pressure on some of these far left folks like Alvin Bragg.
4: Well, you know, it's somewhat contradictory that the governor would be criticizing me uh, for something that I'm doing that I think is the right thing to do uh, and claiming that, you know, I'm somehow endangering people's safety. Well, you know what? How about repealing the Bail Reform Act? That would be a material way to improve the safety of this, set, of this state. And, look, I'm not looking for a fight with the governor. I would like the governor to please be open-minded and realize that in Nassau County we have the health care network. We have a health department that is second to none, and we can make our own decisions. Don't paint us with the same broad brush as Buffalo, Syracuse, Utica—all great places to live, but they don't have the healthcare network and the resources that we have in Nassau County.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and I think, listen, Bravo to you for speaking out because I think so many good New Yorkers um, and good citizens of America that hear all these sort of you know soft on crime approaches and yet they feel like you just said, they feel like they're hamstrung in terms of what the mandates uh, addressed to them, are going, wait a minute, this just doesn't make sense. You're going soft on criminals, and you're going tougher on good citizens of New York and America. It's it just, like you said, it is a stark contrast, and I'm glad that you are taking it on. Um, where do you think you're going to go from here? What's next? Well, we have a lot of things to do in Nassau County.
4: Uh, we got to keep taxes down. We have to fix uh, a broken reassessment system that my uh, predecessor implemented that was very unfair to our taxpayers. And uh, I'm going to continue to improve the county with economic development, job creation, growth. I want to make this the most vibrant and exciting county in the United States and, and quite frankly, the world. So we're going to we've got a lot to do here in Nassau County. And uh, I'm energized. I'm ready to go. And we've got great people. And we have natural resources that are second to none with the Atlantic Ocean to the south, the Long Island Sound to the north, and, and, all,
2: and a beautiful county in between. Absolutely. I love Nassau County, and I'm glad that you are making it safer for everybody. Uh, the new Nassau County Executive, Bruce Blakeman, you got to come back on again soon on the Rita Cosby Show. It was great to have you here. Thanks so much, Rita, and stay safe and healthy. Absolutely. And everybody, when we come back, we're going to take your calls on these vaccine mandates and the mask mandates. You just heard Bruce Blakeman saying how he is going to take it on big time. And he already is challenging Kathy Hochul. By the way, how wild is it that Kathy Hochul is saying that he's endangering people with his policies? Meanwhile, so far, she hasn't spoken out about no cash bail. I mean, who's endangering who? This is so crazy. Bravo to Bruce Blakeman. We're going to take calls on this when we come back. 1-800-848-9222.
0: Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC.
2: And we are talking about battling some of these vaccine mandates, the mask mandates. We just heard from the new Nassau County executive. How refreshing is it to have a politician who says, okay, I'm going to do this while they're campaigning? And within a matter of days, he's already taking on the mask mandates by Kathy Hochul. He's also saying we got to eliminate this no cash bail. We got to make our country and our state safe. And Nassau County. You know, which, as you know, is right outside New York City. It is so important uh, that we look at law and order people and also keep them true to their word. And Bruce Blakeman, just within a matter of days, is making a lot of headlines. And I'm glad he was here on the Rita Cosby show. Meantime, we're talking also about the mixed messages that are coming from the Biden administration. And things are so bad that Rochelle Walensky, she's the new head of the CDC, she had to apologize because she's now getting communications training, it came out, because remember when she changed the quarantine time from 10 days to five days and said it's because people will only tolerate being cooped up for five days? People said that she sounded like she was disagreeing with the president, that she should have phrased it better because it made all these headlines. I think in many ways she was just being truthful. (laughs) But, you know, it was like this flipping and flopping from the administration. And today she had to make this admission about, Going back to basically communication school.
8: We're in an unprecedented time with the speed of Omicron cases rising, and we are working really hard to get information to the American public and balancing that with the reality that we're all living with. This is hard, and I am committed and to continue to improve as we learn more about the science and to communicate that with all of you.
2: Wow. Uh, sorry, I didn't do a good job, and now I'm getting scolded for it because I basically disagreed with the president. 1-800-848-9222, one 848 uh, Let's go to James in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, James. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show, and you're listening on the WABC app, which, by the way, I hope all of you are downloading to listen to the show. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, hi. Uh, you know, I, I, one of the core reasons for having everyone get vaccinated is to prevent the spread of the of the, uh, COVID virus. Um, and that was true in the beginning of the epidemic. But, you know, as time goes by and with the Delta variant coming out and now the Omicron, that's no longer true. There, there is a published study in a peer reviewed journal called The Lancet from November the 1st of 2021 that looks at the spread rates between vaccinated and unvaccinated people there's no difference. So this whole thing, you know, healthcare workers must be vaccinated to protect the patients and blah 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 the Mayo Clinic. That's no that doesn't hold up
2: and that, Exactly. No, exactly. And James, that's what thank you so much for the call, James, and that's what a lot of people are saying at this point. How many people do you know? I know I can count probably a hundred people, I think. Um, you know, that whether it's them or their family members have been affected and most of them are vaccinated. Some of them are boosted too. It, you know, it's just it seems to be all over the place. Um, Let's go to Pete on Staten Island. Go ahead, Pete, your thoughts.
9: Hey, Rita, I got a story for you. You got to make it quick,
2: but I'll let you tell it. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, I got
9: an acquaintance that I know, a guy
10: that was administering vaccines uh, for the city of New York, and he decided to give himself a fourth vaccination. And? Now, three weeks later, he just came down with COVID-19. I don't know which variance,
9: but he has it, and he's very, very sick. He's doing better now because he managed to get his hands on the cocktail.
2: Wow. Uh, wow. Stuff. Pete, thank uh, you so. for the call. That is really interesting. And listen, a lot of people are having it. I mean, that's why this idea of a mandate, overreaching and firing people, I just think, again, is un-American. And I'm happy to see people like Bruce Blakeman standing up. We're going to continue talking about this, guys. And also, by the way... Viagra may be curing COVID. We're going to talk about that after the break, too.
0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is the Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC.
2: I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweeter. Since when I saw you down on the Well, things are looking up in the fight against COVID. And there are, boy, some really creative treatments that are out there. And this one will give you some stiff competition. How's that for hyperbole, everybody? Well, I thought I have heard everything, but this is a new one. You know, you hear these home remedies. You're hearing all these other wild things. And now, tonight, just a little bit ago, Dr. Mark Siegel, who we've had here on the Rita Cosby Show, you know, Fox News medical contributor and renowned doctor, was talking with Tucker Carlson and said that there may be proof that viagra can help you cure covid take a listen to what he really is saying that could turn
11: things around talking about viagra we talked about it last week about alzheimer's and we're doing further investigations on it now as you said monica almeda 37 years old she was 72 hours away from having her respirator turned off they gave her a massive dose of viagra and she woke up now, what might the connection be there? Well, I started looking into that. A study just published out of Chile in a, in a journal called Critical Care found that this patient study did not go on the respirator who got Viagra. And they actually went out of the hospital sooner. Now, why would that be? Viagra is not just used for what you think it's used for. It also treats lung problems. It improves blood flow to the lungs. It improves oxygen in the lungs. It treats pulmonary hypertension. It treats altitude sickness. It makes something called nitric oxide. Now, nitric oxide is something that the COVID virus decreases and Viagra increases.
2: So how many of you think that there's now going to be a rush of Viagra in every single drugstore in America? Boy, that nurse is obviously thankful for it. Um, and I think a couple of people are going to say, no, 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 honey, don't worry about it. I'm just taking it for uh, my COVID. It's not for what you think it is, sweetie. <laughs> Can you imagine the conversations that are going to be happening in bedrooms across America after this breakthrough? Well, what do you think about it, guys? Do you think that Viagra really is going to make things look up? in the fight against covid 1-800-848-9222 1-800-848-9222 and what do you make of all these vax mandates that are out there all the mask mandates out there happy to see at least some interesting news on the horizon while we're dealing with all this other stuff Uh, let's go to jude in new york jude you're listening to the rita cosby show go ahead jude
12: Saw uh, Doug Sattel, S I T T E L, on
2: Google. Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Hey, Jude, you're driving me crazy tonight. I- I'll let you answer very quickly, Jude. Um, you know what? We're going to move on just because we got a lot of callers, but I always appreciate the call. Let's go to Carol in New Jersey. Carol, go ahead.
8: Oh, Rita, so nice to talk to you again.
2: You too. Um, By the way, first of all, Carol, I thought you would be the perfect person to answer if your husband or your boyfriend or someone comes in and says, okay, honey, I want to cure COVID. Let's do a triple dose of Viagra. Would you say, come on, sweetie, what do you think?
8: <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about it.
2: <laughs> Do you believe it? It's an interesting theory because yeah, Dr. Dr. So. Siegel's actually said said it with a straight face that because it does increase blood flow um Wait, that I that
8: what? Dr. Siegel, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
2: by the way, very credible guy. And he, and there have mm-hmm. been tests, there have been things recently, Carol, where they say that it actually has helped with Alzheimer's. Same thing, sort of bringing blood flow to the brain, a different part of the body, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then blood flow, uh, you know, it helps with lungs, oxygen. Remember that a lot of COVID is a respiration problem, you know, uh, respiratory. A lot mm-hmm. of people are having the lungs and the coughing and those problems. So he says there may be something to it. What, what, are, what are your thoughts as as, a, as an expert of the Rita Cosby show, Carol, what do you think? <laughs>
8: oh, there's a possibility. But I, I was actually calling you to think about your interview with County Executive Blakeman. Yeah, what did you think? He, I think he's great. He, what do you think? He's fantastic. He really is. But I have a problem with um, Sonia Sotomayor. She's a Supreme Court justice, and she's telling an absolute lie. It's totally untrue that there's all these kids in the hospital and on ventilators and everything. Is she kidding? Yeah, that's
2: what I'm saying. Isn't that outrageous, Carol? In fact, Carol, stay with us. I want to play that again. This is Sonia Sotomayor. um, And just for our folks who maybe didn't hear earlier, but here she is saying exactly what Carol was talking about. Um, We have hospitals that are almost at full
1: capacity with people severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children which we've never had before, in in
2: serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Yeah, boy, is that an outright lie? And and you know what's scary? I said this, Carol. To have a Supreme Court justice so ignorant is 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 frightening.
8: Yes, it is. I'm looking forward to hearing from Dick
2: Cavett. Yeah, by the way, thank you very much. He's going to be upcoming in about 20 minutes or so. The great Dick Cavett talking about the passing of a real legend, Sidney Poitier, because he interviewed him many times. And Dick has so many great stories. Remember, he interviewed Marlon Brando and Catherine Hepburn and uh, the who's who um, and spent a lot of time with uh, one of the greats, Sidney Poitier, and is going to talk about his thoughts about that. Carol, thanks so much. Let's go to Dave from Comac. Go ahead, Dave. You're here on the Rita Cosby show. Uh, yeah, by the way, thank you very. Hey, Dave. You got to turn that down in the background. Go ahead, Dave. Great, big Dave, call us back as you're. We're hearing you in the background. Let's go to Stan from Forest Hills. Go ahead. How are you, my friend? Go ahead, Stan.
12: Viagra. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Stan, you know what? Somehow, I now I will never think of you the same when I hear you say that.
9: <laughs> hey, that guy is either a snake oil salesman who talked about it, or you know, let them check. Hey, let them check it out. Give it to the CDC. Let them do some testing. Let's see what it is. By the uh, way, stand, stand. Stan, have a happy face. Uh, I was going to
2: say, can you imagine the people who are volunteering for the study? There's probably tens of millions of people around, uh, men around uh, the country. You know, <laughs>
9: My problem is I feel bad for the nurses who come up when they see what's going, and they think, you know, I gotta. Can
2: somebody else do this uh, injection here? Uh, Actually, how funny is that, Stan? Can you imagine? You're right. The nurses who have to come in and check and do reports.
12: uh, (laughs) The guy ain't dead, but
9: there's something going on anyway. It's wild. You know, we gotta laugh a little bit.
2: Absolutely, Stan. I, mean, I think it's hilarious. Things.
9: You gotta laugh a little
5: bit. And y- you that.
2: know what, but you know what's interesting, Stan, from a medical perspective, and and Dr. Mark Siegel is a very credible doctor, his, he actually said because it increases blood flow in that certain area, yeah. um, that, that it has shown that it's increased blood flow within the system. And of course, that's the big problem with COVID.
9: Well, my, my response to that is, uh, let Viagra rise to the occasion and help us cure this disease.
2: <laughs> That's a good <laughs> motto. Look, I'm, we'll go on the train together. There, Stan, on the, on the, on uh, the Viagra watch train. Watch out, there! Watch
9: out, watch out. <laughs>
2: Stan, have a beautiful weekend, that my was friend. To
9: you. Okay,
7: bye. Oh,
2: you too. Um, let's go to Mike from Queens. Go ahead, Mike. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show.
12: Hi, Rita. I just had an idea on how uh, Justice Sotomayor could possibly have made such a big mistake, and it potentially came from a staffer. I looked on the net. There were reports from the New York Times and the U.S. News and World Report that said COVID cases went from 2.5 to four in one to four-year-olds per 100,000. So, if you read that quickly, you could miss you could miss the message. That but the only place and, but that and that you know what's scary, 000, Mike? Anywhere.
2: This is you know one of the highest justices in America. Um, you know, very educated woman. And, you know, your st- if a staffer did make, first of all, if a staffer did make that mistake, they shouldn't be around. That's one, because, you know, she looks like a total idiot tonight. But second of all, I'm sure she's watching the headlines as everybody is. You know, I mean, it, it just kind of defies logic. If I saw that, wouldn't you kind of go, wait a minute, um, staffer, can you go back and check your facts? You know, it's so far off that it just defies logic. Don't you, don't you think? I mean, come on.
12: Yes. I can't I'm not going to hold my breath on it. it'll, it'll be at best I was missed taken out of context or misinformed or you know, it won't be an apology. And the really ironic thing on her statement overall for a justice now for herself is that the one to four year olds, if they miss this, don't get as much protection per a Pfizer study. And it was only in a hundred or just over a hundred kids so how does that justify a mandate request
2: right it's out it's so crazy there are, that's why there are so many mixed messages all over the place and that's why a lot of people are concerned particularly about you know about the vax mandate in kids you know um and that's why there's there's a lot of questions you know with schools and so forth and and I think You know, I think now we're finally seeing this administration as kind of even waffling a little bit, realizing that it's just uh, they are not effective. They're all over the place. And Dr. Fauci is all over the place, too, as we're all seeing. So that's why. And and some of it's new terrain, but they need to be honest with us that some of this is new terrain, as opposed to saying, hey, here's the mandate. And then two weeks later, oh, no, we don't need that. You know, it's it's like it is so crazy. Uh, Mike, thank you.
12: I hope it wasn't a deliberate lie that it was just a mistake.
2: Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, I think it was a mistake, but I think to me it is such an ignorant mistake and such a scary mistake in particular for somebody who's a high court justice. I mean, this is not a second grader. You know, that's the you know, it's it's crazy. Let's go to Dave and Comeck. Dave, I think you call back. Go ahead, Dave. Dave, are you there? Hello? Hey, Dave, you're on. Go ahead.
4: Oh, Hang on, hang on one
2: second. No, Dave, we can't hold on. Dave, what, Dave, this is a show. Come on, Dave.
12: I heard about the Viagra thing, and you know what's interesting is
6: I have ED, but I also got prostate issues, but I didn't have these issues as far as the ED before the COVID started along with the hyperventilating.
2: Well, it sounds like that's something you need to talk to your wife or girlfriend about, not a radio show.
12: (laughs) Uh, But you know why that actually works? Is because it's blood flow and it's anti inflammatory. But I've also been drinking
4: the green tea, which is antiviral and and anti inflammatory, but a lot of people don't know
2: that. So are you so yeah, and I know about the green tea. Now but let me ask you, so you think that Viagra has been helping you? Is that what you're saying? That you you do believe it?
4: I think it will help, but I haven't taken it, Uh, but I I was actually considering, because of the prostate problems I have, I would consider Cialis, which I think does the same thing, but it remains to be seen whether or not it's exclusive to
12: uh, uh, Viagra that, uh, but I think it's probably one and the same. It just haven't uh, they just haven't studied
2: it yet. All right, so you could be our Viagra reporter, Dave. So you could try it out, and if you do know that there's any success, you got to call us back and let us know. But it is it's an interesting point in all seriousness because of the whole blood flow issue, and what they're saying is it opens the blood flow. It does all these things. Well, um, you know what? But who knows, Dave? Dave, you could be our Viagra expert, so you have to let us know and keep us posted. And I wish you so much luck. And and by the way, thank you for the call. I'm glad you called back, Dave. Thank you very much. Um, let's go to let's go to Dave in New Jersey, who's listening on the WABC app. Go ahead, Dave.
12: Hey, Rena. Hey. So, um, my girlfriend in Florida posted on Facebook today. She posted, um, "Viagra saved my life." And I'm like, hmm, that's kind of weird. I said, oh, it's Friday. Maybe she's drinking, you know. And um, then she posted something about nit- uh, nitric o- uh, oxide, you know, uh, all us gym rats, you know, that are taking nitric ox- oxide. No wonder why we don't have COVID. And I, I was just like, yeah, you know, I passed it up. I didn't really think about it. And then you mentioned this tonight, and I'm saying to myself, wow, what the hell's going on here? Viagra? Nope. they should mandate us with Viagra. I don't think anyone's going to have a problem with that.
2: I don't think anyone's going to have a problem. Things would be looking up all over the country. Now, Dave, did you talk to your girlfriend? Did you find out? Because I hope when she's referring to Viagra that she wanted you to know about it as opposed to somebody else, you know?
12: <laughs> um. No, I, I don't think <laughs> – no, it wasn't to me personally. It was it was just a post, you know what I
2: mean? Very um, funny. you got to find out what it is. Now, and it's interesting because they say it's supposed to maintain, like, you know, open up blood flow. Remember, a lot of the problem with um, COVID is respiration, that you're having blood issues and clots and a lot of these problems and, and respiratory, you know, the bad coughs and all that stuff. Um, so it's an interesting thought. Um, are you willing to become one of our, you know, to try it? Would you try it and do a trial on it?
12: Oh, I've tried it before. Yeah, yeah. I I have no problem. I mean, I'll I'll take the Viagra before the shot. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I was going to say,
2: by the way, that's what the Biden administration should do, Dave. You brought up a good point. The Biden administration should go out there and say, hey, listen, Viagra will solve this. Can you imagine? They'll probably it would be you would have 100 percent Viagra vaccination rate right Absolutely, Definitely. that's a good way to combat it dave thank you for the call good luck to you and your girlfriend by the way too thanks so much when we come back everybody we're going to continue your calls what do you make of the fact that now dr mark siegel is saying viagra may actually help in fighting with COVID, And he really means it because it opens the blood flow. You just heard from Dave, his girlfriend's even talking about it, maybe for another reason, but she's talking about it. Um, and also, when we come back, what do you think of all the mandates that are out there? We know that before the Supreme Court today, a number of justices were hearing arguments about these vaccine mandates. I think they throw in some Viagra And they'll get their vaccine issue solved. That's that's the way to solve it. 1-800-848-9222.
0: Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC.
2: And everybody, you definitely want to stick around here on the Rita Cosby Show on the Great Seventy Seven WABC. In just about ten minutes, we are going to have legendary talk show host Dick Cavett join us. He is going to be talking about one of his favorite guests, Sidney Poitier. Of course, beloved, legendary actor, also the first uh, black Best Actor. Oscar winner. He was really the first black movie star. Um, And he passed away at the age of 94. And who could forget his incredible 71 year career? Um, By the way, uh, born in the Bahamas, but spent a lot of time in Manhattan. Um, And some amazing stories where he was a janitor in Manhattan and paying for that as getting paid as a janitor helped put him through theater school and a whole bunch more. And he was just one of the great, great, like, actors, I think, of our time, also a trailblazer um, in so many ways and so beloved and really a mentor to so many people. So many people looked up to him. I mean, you look today, people all over the world were paying tribute and said that he changed their life. Seeing him and all the barriers that he broke and the accomplishments that he made were just phenomenal. Here is a little bit um, from one of his most famous scenes from one of his most famous movies, Heat of the Night.
13: They call me Mr. Tibbs. Mr. Tibbs? Well, Mr. Wood, take Mr. Tibbs, take
0: him down to the depot, and I mean boy like now. I'll have the FBI lab send you the report on this. Not that it'll make any difference. I'll take that. No, you won't. I'm sending it in, personally.
2: What a great actor and everybody talks about what a great human being, like how regal um, and how neat he was and how cool that we are going to have Dick Cavett coming up in just about 10 minutes to share his memories of this incredible actor and the impact he had on the world and Dick Cavett has some really good personal funny stories. I can't wait to talk to Dick Cavett coming up in just a few minutes. By the way, everybody, too, we are talking, of course, about Omicron uh, and word that Viagra may actually help and cure COVID. Um, There have been cases, and in fact, Dr. Mark Siegel on Fox News was talking about it not too long ago that a woman woke up from a coma. She was 72 hours away from being taken off a respirator. That's, you know, end of life there. And she suddenly turned around when she got some injections of Viagra that uh, seemed to have a big, big impact. And there are other studies, too, out there that he says are having an impact. Who would know that Viagra, how much do you believe? Remember when toilet paper was running out at the moment where people were going to the stores and taking, go? you know, you couldn't find toilet paper anywhere. You couldn't find napkins anywhere. You couldn't find meat. Well, now you're not going to find Viagra. It's going to be the hottest item I predict on store shelves. And when you go to get a prescription, they're going to be like, sorry, it's backlogged by five years, you know, supply chain. It's going to be the hottest item after the new word that Viagra, according to Dr. Mike Siegel, at least in some of the studies, are showing to make a big difference. Well, by the way, I talked about the politics of fighting omicron and where we're headed um in a brand new podcast we do our weekly podcast called protecting america and we do a brand new one that we usually put up every friday and we put up this morning you can go to wabcradio.com you can also go to our social media and check it out there you can go to 77 wabc radio or go to at rita cosby on twitter we also posted it there too as well But I interviewed Dr. Nicole Sapphire, who you also see on Fox News, who is so great. Of course, Dr. Sloan Kettering. And she talked about the politics of what's behind Omicron, the mixed messaging from this administration. Boy, uh, as we're talking about mixed messages from the Supreme Court, including from Sonia Sotomayor. And I asked her, what's sort of the future looking like? What's her thoughts about this? And I wanted to play. Here's a little preview, a little clip of our conversation. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, what do you think's ahead? Do you see other machinations, other variants that will maybe be uh, less severe even than Omicron, which would be great if that's the case? Hopefully no variants, but even the ones that come less severe. What do you expect?
8: I think, you know, the severity of the variants, you know, they'll they'll probably continue to lessen. You know, just like we deal with seasonal flu every single year, you're going to have some variants that are a little... More pathogenic, some that are a little less, but the more, you know, time that goes on, the more immunity that we have in our, in our country. And really it's the hybrid immunity, the combination of the vaccines and the boosters, the natural immunity that's going to push us forward. But what has to happen is we need to make sure that as Americans, we get to the healthiest place we can individually my first book make america healthy again talks about that saying hey there's no amount of government policy that's going to fix this and i feel that same way when it comes to covid we have a healthcare crisis in the united states you know we have a lot of preventable illness and it's very expensive and our health system is constantly in a crunch we're seeing that we're feeling that with covid because we already run very full in our hospitals all the time And what renders us sick to COVID? Pre-existing illness. So if we as individuals heading into 2022 can make a few commitments to ourselves, our family, our friends, to just try to live a healthier life, I think the longer we go on building this hybrid immunity and this wall of immunity and getting to a healthier place individually, I think we're going to be a lot better off.
2: And again, you can listen to the whole Protecting America podcast with Dr. Nicole Sapphire. She has such great information. And it is on wabcradio.com. Let's go to your calls, 1-800-848-9222. Phil in the Bronx. Go ahead, Phil.
5: Yeah, hi, Rita. Good evening. Uh, First of all, two things. Uh, What I would think it incumbent on the callers is, they when they make references to Supreme Court justices, that they, they exhibit a little more consideration and courtesy, and not start drooling at the mouth with a whole bunch of foul names about them. That's a simple thing.
2: Yeah. By the way, uh, by the way, that is true. I, you know, I, there's still a, a level of respect. I, you know, as much as I think Biden's been a disaster, I usually typically say President Biden for the same reason I say Justice Sotomayor, yeah, just, even if I think she's ill informed. <laughs>
5: These are honorable people at, at least. Now now the thing is with, with this whole, but, whole but, COVID but, Phil, issue, but, but
2: but before we get to that, Phil, don't you agree what she said is is ill informed. I use the word ignorant, no, ill informed. Come on.
5: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because you have to look at the dynamic in the background. What what she did is she took the whole thing completely out of context, but if you backtrack it, you'll see that she is pretty much 85 to 90 percent right
2: no she's 85 to 90 percent wrong she let me let me play it again phil hang on hang on phil let me play it again and then i'll get you to react here's what she said today uh when these hearings were taking place the oral arguments um we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people is severely ill on ventilators
1: we have over 100,000 children which we've never had before
2: in in serious condition and uh, many on ventilators. So, hundred thousand kids in serious condition. That's not correct.
5: Well, you have you have a population of close to twenty million juveniles and adolescents in this country. According to NIH, you've got close to not a hundred thousand, but more like sixty-five to seventy thousand kids or seriously ill by virtue of pre-existing conditions and, and other matters.
2: Not she, due to not, COVID. Not due to COVID. Well, she didn't say that. Oh, yeah, she is. That's she what she's talking that. about. She's talking about the coronavirus and the state of what's happening in America today.
5: You're making an assumption because she never stated in, in, the, in the audio clip you played, she never said due to COVID.
2: Well, then she like, should. Well, then she shouldn't be. She shouldn't be talking at an oral argument about COVID and talking about something that's unrelated.
5: Yes. Well, that's, that's a point. But at the same time, you've got to realize that the fact is with the mandate, according to her, presumably with the mandate in place, this would not strap onto the hospital system another burden of, of children with COVID.
2: Well, and, and listen, I hear I hear I hear the intention and I, I understand totally what you're saying about the intention. But when you are the Supreme Court Justice of the United States, you should be very clear when you're speaking about a particular issue. And she clearly did not make it appropriate because people on all sides of the aisle are going, what today? You know, I, I mean, you know, the fact that we have to sit and try to parse what she may be meant to say is not a good thing. You know, and she said it in the comments of oral arguments about this case, and that 's why it just it just makes it look inflated and it makes it look incorrect and there's been so much of that information throughout this um, that it just sort of adds fuel to the fire. but Phil, I always love your call. Thank you very much, and you have a good weekend, my friend. And when we come back, everybody, uh, we heard about the passing today of a real legend and a real trailblazer, Sidney Portier. And who better to honor him than the great Dick Cavett, the great legendary talk show host, is going to be joining us after the break.
0: Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
2: And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a tribute to a World War II veteran, 99 years old, Heine Elroy Lemke. He is Merrill, Wisconsin's last living member of a local VFW post. And this week he was honored by that post as well as the Quilts to Heroes program, along with his family and friends in attendance. How great is that? Well, the auxiliary post president said he has been around a long time. This whole town knows him and loves him. And at 99 years old, he is just amazing. And until just recently, his health, he was literally all over the place doing all kinds of things. But now he is slowing down just a little bit at the age of 99. Heine is currently on hospice care, but the 99-year-old hero was full of life and laughter during the ceremony, as many stories were told by him and other fellow veterans. How beautiful is that and how great to see the greatest generation honored. And speaking of honors, in just a second, we are going to have Dick Cavett here on The Rita Cosby Show, the great legendary talk show host, because we thought about him today with the passing of a true icon, Sidney Poitier. Um, this guy was a trailblazer. He was such an incredible actor. Um, think about so many of the iconic films that he was in, including this one, Guess Who's Coming?, to dinner
0: you say you don't want to tell me how to live my life so what do you think you've been doing you tell me what rights i've got or haven't got and what i owe to you for what you've done for me let me tell you something i owe you nothing if you carried that bag a million miles you did what you were supposed to do because you brought me into this world And from that day, you owed me everything you could ever do for me, like I will owe my son if I ever have another. But you don't own me.
2: And joining us now to talk about the passing of the great actor Sidney Poitier is another legend, one of the most iconic talk show hosts ever, the amazing Dick Cavett. Dick, great to have you here on The Rita Cosby Show.
10: I don't think I can follow your introduction. I hope I'm not awful.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know you're not awful. I've known you for years, and you are wonderful. And I know you've interviewed so many incredible guests through the years, my friend. I think about you had Catherine Hepburn on, Laurence Olivier, Marlon Brando. You also had on Sidney Poitier. So tell us about him and what made him just so amazing.
10: He was a true president. By that I mean... As with um, another actor named Marlon Brando, w- when you were just sitting with him in a restaurant or or on the air or anywhere, this sounds corny, but you could feel a certain <laughs> some 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 kind of mysterious power emanating from him. Just the you know the vivid personality and Sidney P. had that. Uh, in fact, we talked about how people call him Portier and potter and Portier and. Um, but he, as he went along, they got his name right.
2: <laughs> Was there something um, that stands out in your memory? Because you you're such a great storyteller. Are there moments too um, with him that you think about now today?
10: I, I remember um, when I when, when he came to the studio. I thought I, I I know he's a wonderful actor, but how do I know? He, as they say in the talk show world, how I don't know he can talk. Um, having found several people in my life that you thought could talk or couldn't, uh, and uh, instantly you knew he was just a, a gem of a guest. Um, everything you want, uh, as as they crudely say in the talk show business, a talker. Is he a talker? Yeah. Is she a talker? Yeah. He was a talker, and uh, his presence was really... It was like being near almost, it sounds strange to say, there was an animal-like electricity about him of some sort that you don't often find, don't find it enough.
2: As a human being... What made him so special? Because you talk about, just like you said, there was this aura about him, and people have described him as regal, voracious. Uh, um, in a business that's very cutthroat, as you know. You've you've talked to the best of them. Um, but there was something really special about him.
10: I don't know. You, you, you look for an answer to that in the background. But if it's there in his case, to be what he became, you have to be born in a place where you're – Never see a car. You didn't know how to talk very well, uh, in a primitive setting that with a thick Bahamian accent as a kid who wore clothes made out of flower sacks. Um, and somehow I don't think very many people listening ought to put on flower sacks and hope they'll get to be a uh, Sydney Poitier, but. He, he really came from almost nowhere to a towering, towering figure.
2: You know, it's amazing, um, uh, Dick, because he came from, as you talk about, from Bahamas. He came to New York City at the age of 16, and I was reading the story about him that he found work as a janitor at the American Negro Theater, that's what it was called, um, in exchange for acting lessons, um, that he was just so industrious, so creative and also, one of these guys who was determined uh, to break the barrier. And boy, what a trailblazer he was. Um, because yes. you think even today, um, he was he was a, a legend and a role model for so many people of all colors.
10: I know. It was so true and so dramatic the way he was all of that. Uh, he once said, "I every time I moved, I felt I was speaking or moving for... Um, at least, uh, a million and a half other people, uh, he, because he was always told you've brought so many people up from where they are. Your fabulous success and personality, uh, have had such an impact. And he had, he, he said, I keep dragging around all this responsibility <laughs> for people I'll never meet. But yes, he was, uh, He was a powerhouse, all right.
2: And, everybody, we're talking to another powerhouse, the great talk show host, Dick Cavett, here on the Rita Cosby Show. Um, Dick, is there a favorite film of his that you like the most, and and why? Because there's a lot of so many, you know, To Sir With Love, A Raisin in the Sun. I mean, some of these just, you know, films that are going to go down as some of the greatest ever. Are there ones that stand out to you?
10: I... I, I, uh... As hard as it is to say who's been your favorite guest, because there have been so many kinds, there's no way you can pick who was the best. But in his case, In the Heat of the Night is a film I could watch, not to exaggerate too much, once a month. (laughs) Such a terrific job. And, of course, it has that earth-shaking moment in it. It was on class, Tony Classic Movies once, not too long ago. And it, it made me mad because in describing the movie before it was on, they gave away the most powerful moment in the movie, uh, which is, we I guess we can talk about now, the famous slap. And oh, yes. Where a haughty, red, uh, wealthy white man, angry at him, gives him a slap across the face, and the black man gives it back. I'm told that if you were in a movie theater when that happened, or if you were in a movie theater with a lot of black people, or even just a few, the shock was so cosmic almost, that it just, people called people and told them to come see it immediately, and they took friends so they could see their reaction to that striking moment when, in the midst of our stinking racism, a black man had the balls, you may say, to whack a white man back. By the way, I knew the actor that he uh, Larry Gates was an actor I was at Stratford, Connecticut with in the Shakespeare film. Oh, well, Larry Gates, yeah. He came to New York leading cattle and became an actor.
2: Wow. But, you know, you're right. That moment and so much of his career were these breakthrough moments as we're talking to Dick Cavett, the great talk show host about the passing of the incredible actor, Sydney Poitier, um, he really was a trailblazer in so many ways. Um, you know, he was the first black movie star, if you will, um, the first black Best Oscar winner. Uh, well, how are you going to remember him, and how do you think the world's going to remember him?
10: Well, let's not forget he was a dishwasher. Uh, <laughs> first, I think one of his first, prof- first professions. Uh, right, and
2: janitor, and janitor.
10: <laughs> janitor and dishwasher, and... He went with great nerve, with an accent that would disqualify him from being on the American stage and movies, uh, and went for a kind of audition. His accent was so thick, and he said, I was such a bad reader that when they gave me a script to read a couple speeches in, it went, I wonder, it, 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 uh, it a, uh, if uh, and at that point, somebody grabbed him by the a big, large man uh, grabbed him by the belt in the back and uh, the neck in the back and led him to the door and flung him out. I wonder if that man <laughs> ever knew who he flung. <laughs> Right, Right.
2: and he probably said he probably said you have no future in this business. One of those crazy comments, right?
10: (laughs) Yeah, forget it. See if you can get a job as a dishwasher. They probably said, and uh, but he already had one. But from that day, he he wrestled himself into being able to speak from having a thick native accent. Uh, That's almost impossible uh, to to change the. Speech that you grew up with, the accent that you grew up with. And he said, I bought a $14 radio and I listened for hours and repeated what every clear-speaking announcer said, repeated what clear-speaking actors said. And he did this diligently and, in fact, accomplished the miracle that it would take 12 speech experts to accomplish to be able to speak the way he needed to.
2: Wow! What a beautiful story, and to become from there, Dick Cavett, uh, for Cindy Portier to go from that to becoming really one of the most like eloquent, gracious, articulate, um, you know, uh, speakers, yeah. actors. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. Talk about going a one eighty. You know.
10: What if he'd listened to the wrong people and came out talking like uh, Jackie Gleason as? The- <laughs> Or a young Howard Stern. <laughs>
2: right, or Rodney, or Rodney Dangerfield, right? We would have been in trouble. <laughs>
10: Dangerfield, that's a better example. Thank you. I'm going to have you give me all my examples from now on.
2: Dick Cavett, you've interviewed so many of these iconic, iconic figures. How will Sidney go down in history, Sydney Poitier, in your mind? How will he be remembered?
10: Well, if they have any sense or taste at all, they would be remembered as it truly with that overworked word, great actor. Uh, He he was not just a good actor or even just a pretty good actor. He was stunningly good. And how many dishwashers can say that?
2: (laughs) Very few, but I'm sure he has inspired countless dishwashers and countless actors and all of us in between as well. Um, thank you so much for being with us Dick Cavett, I love you um, You're a fellow Scorpio with your birthday A day after mine, November 19th Mine on the 18th I remember we celebrated our birthdays together And how beautiful to be here tonight By the way,
10: November 19th was also Do you ever get one of those birthday cards That tells all the people throughout history And life today Who have your same birthday?
2: Yeah, who who also shares it with you?
10: I shared a birthday With Larry King's Hugh Hefner and uh, Ivan the Terrible.
2: Which one are you closest to?
10: I <laughs> modeled well, myself after Ivan, but I came out more Larry King. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you do well. Listen, I love you, Dick Cavett. We all love you, and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. It's wonderful. Rita, you're
10: not you're not so bad yourself, you know.
2: Thank you. I'll I'll write that down on my on my tombstone. <laughs>
10: Yeah, well, you've got it. Well, here, you here. do, too.
2: I'm trying to keep up with the guy on November 19th. Okay. So <laughs> it's Blabber. great to have you on Dick Cavett. See
10: you again.
2: How great to hear from Dick Cavett. And by the way, how cool is that, that Sidney Portier learned how to speak so eloquently to become one of the greatest actors ever? I mean, you think about how successful he was and how eloquent and how regal, I mean, and his articulation. He learned it from radio. How beautiful that he would listen to the radio when he was 14 years old. And that's how he learned to be able to speak so beautifully and so clearly and to becoming one of the greatest superstars ever and really the first black movie star. Um, let's go real quick to your calls. one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. 848 9222 Pete in New Hampshire. Uh, Pete, we're talking about Portier. We're talking about vaccine mandates, a whole bunch. Go ahead, Pete.
9: Okay. First, Sidney Portier to serve a love
2: yes exactly exactly what one of his greatest films ever and and by the way if you look on social media today everybody's doing that rest in peace to serve uh, you know with love um, he and, was beloved
9: I've, I've seen every one of his movies over time on uh, TCM and uh, everywhere else other venues but the reason I call Reed is and, and I love your show and I love the way you speak about different topics
2: Thank but you Peter'
9: the real deal I'm a Vietnam vet
2: Thank welcome. you, thank you, welcome home. Thank you, Pete.
9: And you're and you're welcome too. but was really insulting. Uh, blood is still squirting out of my eyes. When I heard Kamala, I watched the speech the other day, Kamala Harrison, what she said about, uh, about uh, uh, comparing the insurrection or erection, as Chuck Schumer calls it, and, and comparing that to Pearl Harbor. My dad and his two brothers served in World War II. My family has fought since the, since the French and Indian War right up through, Rita. And it's so disgusting to listen to these fools, these incompetent fools, speak. They know nothing about anything. They must have went to public schools and were brainwashed early on. And, that. and another thing, Rita, is that this country is going to go down and we will never rise up again. These people in one year have destroyed what took Donald Trump four years to bring back. This is so disgusting. It's a disgrace.
2: Well, Pete, and first of all, thank you for the call, and thank you for your service and your family's long history of service. And and I agree with you. When I heard those comments from Kamala Harris comparing January 6th, uh, and then it goes down in history in you know, in the same place as Pearl Harbor and also 9-11. She also said it, it was an outrageous statement and so many people have taken her to task. It just, I agree with you, it shows her ignorance and it shows just a disgusting, I think, politicization of obviously, you know, there were people who crossed the line that day, there were riots, but to compare it to something as horrific as 911 that thrust us into world war II, which you know all too well is just shameful and i agree with you it's just it just shows that the democrats are desperate and good people need to speak up. Uh, Pete, thank you very much. When we come back, everybody, we're going to talk to Dominic Carter and get a preview of his great show. It is coming up at midnight. And then after Dominic, Curtis Lee was on tonight. So he's going to be with you on the other side of midnight tonight. He's going to be with you through the night. So we have a great lineup here on 77 WAVC. And Dominic is next.
0: Rita Cosby is on. 77, W.A.B.C. It's been a hard day night And I've been working like a dog.
2: And we are playing the song appropriately because... I have to ask Dominic's take on some news that we heard tonight that a lot of our callers have been calling about. Oh, I already know. (laughs) I I already know. I already know. (laughs) Dominic is our medical expert, okay? So, Dominic Carter, here is, first of all, Dr. Mark Siegel, and then we'll listen to Dominic Carter, the other medical expert on the team. Here we go.
11: talking about Viagra. We talked about it last week about Alzheimer's, and we're doing further investigations on it now. As you said, Monica Almeida, 37 years old, she was 72 hours away from having her respirator turned off. They gave her a massive dose of Viagra, and she woke up. Now, what might the connection be there? Well, I started looking into that. A study just published out of Chile in in a journal called Critical Care found that this patient studied did not go on the respirator who got Viagra, and they actually went out of the hospital sooner. Now, why would that be? Viagra is not just used for what you think it's used for. It also treats lung problems. It improves blood flow to the lungs. It improves oxygen in the lungs. It treats pulmonary hypertension. It treats altitude sickness. It makes something called nitric oxide. Now, nitric oxide is something that the COVID virus decreases, and Viagra increases.
2: So, Dominic Carter, we had Dave call us from Comac, mm-hmm. who gave me much more information than I think I he's heard. ever given his girlfriend. I heard. I heard. <laughs> um, I heard. So, uh, so being a uh, medical expert, Dominic Carter, what, <laughs> what's your assessment of this? Are things looking up for uh, <laughs> COVID patients?
13: <laughs> you know, Rita, I, I wish that people could have seen you in the middle of that soundbite that was playing. I have never seen you laugh so hard. <laughs> I have to. But and you know what? But there
2: is some truth to what Dr. Siegel's saying. He said it mm. opens blood flow. So
13: so so no matter what I say, you're coming back to Viagra. No no matter how no. much I try to go right. away it's from Friday it.
2: It's Friday night and, and, right, and we right. still have a minute and a half left of the Rita right. Cosby and, show. And, so and, so, and so and that's tr- what we're I, doing. I, and I'm
13: trying to run out the clock. <laughs> So so so. By the way,
2: we're not on. We're not streaming today. They are doing Thank some. God. They're updating our cameras. Thank God. And I am so sad because I wish so, you could watch Dominic Carter's so face right now. Is, <laughs> is this your way of
13: asking me if I'm a recipient of Viagra? I well, mean, what 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 what? If you would like to, uh, Dave shared more <laughs> than I ever knew about him, and and I
2: know you much better than Dave. Right, right,
13: right, right, right. Well, well, those that know don't tell, and those. Oh. That Tell, don't know.
2: Oh, that's a good way to dance around that. that, that all was, right, that
13: was in some movie. Something.
2: Yeah, that was a, that was a good move. That was a good you line. Know, By the way, did you? But hear if it, it works,
13: it, if it works on a serious side, if yes. it works, I'm all for it. All right. So Dominic and, Carter endorses and, and it, got, everybody. And if it's got added benefits, you know. There you
2: go. There you go. I said, do you remember how people were were out of toilet paper? There was this rush. Yes, I Now heard there you. will be a rush for Viagra. That's Absolutely. my prediction. Absolutely. So Dominic, what are you
13: talking about on your show? Uh, yeah, you got me so wrapped up. I forgot about the show. I want to have a general conversation about COVID. Not so much the Supreme Court, but But almost a pulse of where we stand in time right now, how people feel about it. But also, notice the New York Times did a big story yesterday about Andrew Cuomo's possible political return. Yes, and you and I talked about that Mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot of red-hot
2: calls. Dominic Carter coming up. And maybe talking about Viagra Viagra. too. Maybe. You heard it. You heard it. Viagra. The blue blue pill. All right. I'm going to have a good weekend, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you will too.
0: This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888 506 receive free shipping free storage a free investment guide and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry call now or go to prioritygold.com